Hello everyone, it's Aiden Taco Jones and you are listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday the 20th of November 2018. I'm in a bad mood. Yes I am. Uh, I've just woken up. I, uh, I really wish I could do one of these when I'm properly in a bad mood. That'd be fun. Like I'm in a, like a really fucking foul mood. This is probably the closest that I've, to one that I've done. I'm, I haven't had breakfast yet. I woke up. Uh, why am I in a bad mood? I feel like I often start these in a bad mood, though. <laughs> like I feel like a lot of the times when I start talking, I'm like, oh, I feel sad, and then like the act of talking makes me feel better. But I don't know, man. Lately, I've been waking up a lot in bad moods. I think. I, uh, last night, I had a lovely night, I went out for, um, a bit of a drink with, um, with my mate Phil, whose grandmother just had passed away the night before, and we just went out for a reflective drink, to remember that, um, it was a little bit down about it, but also, I mean, you know, like, she was old, and she had a good life, and all that kind of stuff, and we went to the pub, and, and, um, we're chatting about it, actually, the pub that we ended up going to, this is the thing about Phil that's great, is like, I said to him yesterday, he's the opposite of a creature of habit, like, he really is, um, I don't, he just goes to so many different, every time I meet up with him, we, we go into a different place, whereas for me, when I find a place that I like, I'm like, I'm going there again, you know, oh, maybe when I'm by myself, uh, that's the thing, when I'm by myself, I'll go to the same place, but if I'm with people, I'll take them to a place that I know, or I'll let them go to a place that they know. I mean, what am I fucking talking about? That's how. That's just how meeting people goes. <laughs> Fuck me. Every time I run out of steam on a story, I'm going to tell you about something that I'm annoyed about. Uh, what I'm annoyed about at the moment. I haven't cut my fingernails and they're too long. All right. So, <laughs> so me and Phil and uh, and his housemate Hugo. I think that's his name. I'm pretty sure it's his name. Hugo. Um went to the Standard Arms in Fitzroy, and, uh, yeah, I mean, he just messaged me and was like, hey, we're here having a drink if you want to come through, and I was like, oh, fuck yeah, and, uh, we get there, and we just find out that someone else who drinks at the pub had died the day, so Phil's grandmother had died, uh, the day before, so on Sunday, and we get to the pub, and we find out someone at the pub had also died on Sunday, like, someone who drinks at the pub, and there were a bunch of people there remembering them, so the mood was very somber, um, and just respectful, <laughs> I mean, that's, what a great party that sounds like, what kind of party are you having, uh, it's really respectful party, yeah, um, we're just gonna meet up together, and, um, and really just, I mean, that sounds like, a, that's basically what a wake is, it's just a very respectful party, <laughs> like a PC party, and that's what the left is doing to this country, is turning it into a wake, no fun, only respect. Honestly, though, who wants a respectful party, actually? That's not a fun part. Half the fun of a party is getting in trouble, right? Or breaking stuff, or being disrespectful and knowing that no one caught you. <laughs> breaking stuff, lighting fires, throwing water. <laughs> Ah, uh, man, I really do love a bit of disrespect, to be honest. 
Um, especially when it's grounded in things that people can't change, like gender and race. No, okay, I'll stop. <laughs> That'll cheer me up. A little bit of casual racism on the podcast. <laughs> To be honest, before I started, I knew that this would be fun because I'm in a bad mood. I, th- I think I care less right now, um, which is, is going to make this better. Anyway, so we go for a drink there. Well, I wasn't going to go for a drink. I was fucking going to... This is the thing. It's like I was going to get a soda water, and I did get a soda water, and it cost me $5 for a fucking pint of some ice and then some water with carbonated bubbles in it five fucking dollars but i was happy to pay it i was happy to pay it because uh i just i wanted to be sober you know and then um hugo like the gem that he is goes and is like oh do you want to do you want a beer and i was like oh i I would i was about to ask him to buy like he was going in to buy another thing and i wanted to stay for longer and I was honestly going to ask him to buy me a soda water. And then I realized how fucking disrespectful that would be. And not in the spirit of the party that we were currently having. Um, I just... I, you can't... When someone's buying around, if someone offers to buy around, it's kind of a douche move to ask them to buy you a soda water, hey? Like, you, you know... Even a lemonade. It's just like, no, cunt. I'm not spending my money on fucking lemonade. And this is just one of the uh the norms in place societally that keep people drinking and stop people from being able to be sober it's unless you're actually fully committed to sobriety it's very hard just to half-ass it you know because i was committed to to not drinking until someone offered to buy a round and i realized that there was no chance that i could get them to buy me a non-alcoholic beverage so he bought a jug and then i was like all right well i'm drinking beer now and uh, and then we all left. So the pub kind of closed quite early, actually. Oh, at 10, 10.30, I guess it was a Monday night. Um, and we go back to their place and uh, cook some dim sims, have some lovely Jamisons on the rocks. And um, that just kind of crept up on me, you know. And I'd also had some beers in the day yesterday. I mean, what am I talking about that I'm not drinking? I'm just... <laughs> I don't want to drink. I don't want to. Maybe that's why I'm upset. I just fucking... But I'm not in it enough to stop drinking yet. But I just don't want to drink. Fuck. It's annoying that I have to drink. I feel like I fucking have to. You know, like yesterday, like... I was hanging out with fucking my mate Amuna who works at the cafe nearby. And I just... Uh, I was hanging out there riding until like two and then she finished and she was like, do you want to fucking come? I'm going to drink some champagne. Do you want some champagne? I was like, no. Do you want to go for a walk though? I'll go for a walk. And she was like, do you want to get a beer? And I was like, I don't have any money, which was a statement designed to steer away from drinking beer. And then she goes, I'll buy you a jug. And I said, yes. Cause I was just like, well, I guess if you're going to buy a jug, you just actually really want to hang out. And I don't want to be a dick and not hang out with you, so I'll let you buy me a jug. But I didn't want to have a fucking jug. I just wanted to hang out. God damn it. I, oh, let me have a drink of my fucking tea right now. You'll always love it.
love me, won't you, P? You'll never force me into drinking alcohol. No, I won't, Aiden. That's how I imagine tea talks. Real wispy and lame, like a yoga instructor. I'll never make you drink alcohol when you don't want to. Is there an alcoholic tea that you can get? Anyone know any alcoholic beverages with tea? Like an iced tea with like... <laughs> like... <laughs> iced tea with ouzo. <laughs> Just something fucking horrendous like that. <laughs> Some drunk. Yeah, man, sometimes I have fucking tea with a bit of Baileys in it. Fucking tea with Baileys and sausage and a bucket of old cider. <laughs> Just, <laughs> that's how you can tell the difference between someone who is an alcoholic and someone who just likes flavour is the drinks that they suggest you. You know when someone suggests like, this drink doesn't have a name, but it's uh, old oil <laughs> and tequila. And you mix them together and the hotness of the oil and the fuckness of the tequila will keep you awake for longer so you can watch the footy. I don't know. I, I remember in Bolivia, my, my host, but I mean, that's not a real drink. Guys, guys, don't try the hot oil tequila drink. It's not a real drink, all right? I wasn't being serious. Don't try it. Please, no one try it. I remember in Bolivia, um, Clang, I, uh, my host brothers were telling me that a good thing to drink of a night out is just, you just drink oil. <laughs> they legit told me that. Now, we did it one night. You drink oil, like cooking oil. Like raw cooking oil and it lines your throat and stomach so that you can drink more alcohol <laughs> and like not have it absorbed into your system. That's like, <laughs> that is the most childish shit, isn't it? That is textbook just drinking for appearance. Like, look how much I can drink and it's not affecting me. Yeah, because the oil has lined your stomach until it dissolves and then you're going to be sick. <laughs> and we did it, man. We, we stood around in their kitchen drinking cooking oil and hiding it from their mum because if she knew that we were drinking recklessly in such a manner, she would have uh, been very upset. <laughs> just, just fucking 20 year old kids um, cross cultural divide bonding over a mutual desire to drink more alcohol um, this is how dumb these dudes were those guys were fucking great man um, Christian and Rob the kings the kings of Bolivia um, they grew up in Texas uh, between Texas and Bolivia so they were like proper proper cholos you know <laughs> i don't know if that's an offensive word but they were and um i remember so it was like i was 20 i went over there as a volunteer journalist and i was staying with a host you just like get put up through the volunteer agency with a host family right and i was there for four months and um i had my own separate room and shit and then it was like they were quite rich for Bol like by Bolivian standards. I think in the US they were like just okay, like pretty lower middle class. But you take that money over to Bolivia and suddenly you've got a nice little nest egg. 
Um, so the house was like there. It was like a big courtyard surrounded by buildings, and it was like their part, and then like a few other private rooms, of which mine was one, with like its own bathroom, and then a connecting little restaurant thing. And um, the older brother Rob, I was I was twenty, and then Christian was twenty one, and Rob was twenty three. And Christian was like the more level headed. Um, he was just fucking had a bit more of a head on his shoulders, you know. He was just smarter. Not smarter, but like, I don't know. Yeah, more sensible, responsible, trustworthy. <laughs> Rob was a bit of a loose cannon uh, and kind of a little bit more insecure, I think, which led to him being a little bit more of a loose cannon. Still had the values, the same like family values, but um, just like a little bit more selfish is the wrong word, but like they their ages could have been switched. Uh, Rob being 21, like, yeah, it seemed like Rob was 21 and Christian was 23. Anyway. Um, so I get a call one day after I've been staying there for like two and a half months from Rob and he's going like, man, uh, I just, I need, I need a favor from you, man. I need a favor from you. I brought a girl home and, uh, I slept with her in one of the private room, like one of the other rooms and she was on her period, bro, she was on her period, Holmes. She was on her period, man. And now... There's red. The sheets are all red. We can't wash it out, man. <laughs> I wish I could do his accent. It's like they fucking real sounded just like that. But basically, there was he. He slept with her in one of the beds that was like that they would rent out rooms that they would rent out to people, and uh, the sheets were all red. And he was asking me to take the fall for him. He wanted me to to say that it was me who did it because he was like. He said, he was like, man, my mom's going to hate, like, I'm going to be in so much trouble when my mom finds out. So if you do it, you know, like, you'll fucking, she'll kick you out, but like, I'll pay for you to get a room for the rest of your stay. Like, he was just being a coward, being a, and it's like, how dare you ask that of someone, you know? And even like, I'm normally uh, uh, pretty spineless in those kind of situations. I'll, in the moment, be too scared to say no and then think about it later and come back with my actual answer after consideration. But even then, that was so ridiculous that I was like, oh, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. See if there's other options and, and get back to me. And uh, and then he, <laughs> I think, talked to Christian and realized that how how insane a thing was that he was asking for me and came back and was just like, actually, no, nah, man, I'll, I'll take the fall. And I was like, fucking A, you will, cunt. God damn. Those guys were great, man. They were fucking, we like had a bit of a fraternal relationship. I was only there for four months. But we fucking, ah, oh, we, fuck, we used to hang, man. You know those dudes who, like those kind of people that you have a brief relationship with in your life. And uh, when you leave, you know that you're never going to see him again. It's like school, you know? That really intense connection that you have with the people that you went to school with. That you just you leave school and you you don't even realize... That's the one that you don't realize at the time you're never going to see him again. You're all like, oh, we'll, get, oh, we'll catch up when I left school. How's that? Was Ah, actually... Jess Woodward and I, there was a photo on my Facebook recently from, um, from, from the last, uh, day of year 12. Me, Carice Paraskeva, Ross Novak, Jess Woodward. 
and Jess Woodward and I went to primary school and high school together. So we went to 13 years of school together. And um, I remember, I, I have a memory from just after that photo of being like, because me and her were the only ones that we knew, like we had no one else who we'd gone through all 13 years of schooling with. Um, we were the only two from our primary school to go to the high school that we went to. And on the last day of school, we took that photo. It's just like some silly photo. And then uh, I was like, 13 years, man. Like I was getting all nostalgic and sentimental. And I was like, 13 years, man. Fuck. Man, we'll, oh, we'll see each other again. We'll catch up. We'll see each other again. Yeah, we should catch up. And I remember her just being like, yeah. <laughs> and it had that look in her eyes of being like, we're not going to catch up, dude. Really? Be honest. Like, And yeah, not neither one of us has made a single effort to catch up. No, oh, I've seen her a few times in the 10 years since. But yeah, it's not that's not someone that I need to fucking, you know, have in my life. That's that kind of shit. Those, those guys in Bolivia were the kind of dudes that... I'm, oh, I, I actually had... Uh, I had... No, yeah, when I left Bolivia, I was deluded. I thought I was going to come back. I left uh, on just before Valentine's Day in 2012. And there's carnival. There's, ca- there's carnival in like... Maybe even like the end of Feb or something like that. And I went on, <laughs> when I left, I was telling people like, man, I might be back in like a month. That's how fucking deluded I was. Like, I really thought that it was possible to, because like once I got over there, it seemed so real to me. Like it was so much a part of my life or my life seemed so, what's, what is that? It's like, even though moving over there broadened my horizons so much. It wasn't until I came back, no, like once I got over there, it was like, uh, it was, it was like I'd grown up my whole life in Adelaide and, um, I could only see, you know, like I was very short-sighted in all directions around. I could only envisage myself existing in the small world that I'd grown up in. And then when I went to Bolivia, rather than that expanding the circle of the entire world, rather than me then being able to envisage myself existing anywhere in the world because I'd gone all the way to Bolivia, I just, that small, like, radius of my ability to imagine myself just was transplanted to Bolivia. So when I got to Bolivia, I was able to imagine myself in Bolivia now. And not anywhere in between. And then I went to like Peru and Chile and Argentina and was like, oh, those are also possibilities. But then when I was like about to go back to Australia, rather than be like, oh, where am I going to go next? I was like, oh, well, I, I, I would like to not be in Adelaide. So I will, I will have to come back to Bolivia very soon. And because I was already in Bolivia, I also like underestimated how easy it was to come back. I was like, oh, well, I've been here now. So I could just probably get on a bus, you know? That makes sense. It took a while for the scope of what I had done to sink in, and that's when I moved to Melbourne. God, I'm so fucking obsessed and impressed with my own life, aren't I? Oh. Am I still in a bad mood? No. No, I don't know that I am. <laughs> 
Um, what can I talk about? Oh, here's another thing that's annoying me. I have an ingrown hair on the inside of my right thigh. <laughs> that's disgusting. Why would I tell people that? All right, then sorry. <laughs> uh, um, I was going to talk about what I did on Saturday. Saturday was a fun day, man. Saturday was... Uh, did my show again, Scouting for Comics, which it's quickly not becoming known as because it's a dumb name. Um, but I did my open mic at um, uh, the open mic that I've been hosting at the Baden-Powell Hotel in Collingwood. It was great. It was actually fucking sick. It starts at six o'clock now. <laughs> Still, the jury's out on whether we're actually doing the $6 pints, but I really hope that goes ahead. But uh, 20 sign-ups, a few audience, a lot of fun, ripping on people. I had uh, a few pints from the bar, and then I was hanging out with some comics, and uh, it was someone's birthday. It was like another comedian's birthday. <clears throat> so we go there, and uh, the, or there's like a pub. That, like she's having her birthday at a pub nearby, and I didn't have a plan. Like I was going to go home, to be honest. If, if no one had been hanging out after the show, I would have just gone home and had a quiet night in. And this, again, is another tale of the perils of peer pressure ingrained in us societally around drinking. Something that we really need to address as a society. No, Saturday night was actually fucking sick. Here's the difference. Saturday night could have been great were I to not have... Were, were I to... Why do I try and talk in a fancy way? Just say the fucking word, cunt. Saturday night would have been good even if I wasn't drinking. Were I to not have been drinking. Ugh. Just trying to fuck around with complicated tenses to make myself sound smarter. Um, Saturday night would have been great even if I wasn't drinking. Like, we went to this party and uh, once I decided to drink though, and I, that's the thing right now is I'm also, I'm broke. So that's another reason why I'm annoyed that I'm not drinking. Being poor makes you upset. Being poor is a very upsetting experience. <laughs> It's upsetting. Uh, um, we get to the pub where uh, where our mate's birthday is, and I say hi, and then there's uh, oh, sorry for that yawn. There's a um a hip hop night happening there. Blake also had no plans to go to the birthday because um he's broke as well. But um, Evidently, there's a hip-hop night there that his mate wants to go to. So, uh, shout-out to Brendan, by the way, who I know you're fucking listening, baby boy. Um, uh, Brendan wanted to go to a hip-hop night there. So, and it happened to be at the same pub that our mate's birthday was at. So, they rock up and uh, and they've got like a, a little hip flask of Jim Beam, which is like the move lately. That's how fucking scummy we are, is that we're poor, and so we'll just, like, we'll, Blake will buy, like, a little hip flask of Jim Beam, and and then lately, I've not even been buying the Cokes to go with it, I've been so broke, I've just been like, dude, can I have a sip? <laughs> um, but because I'd had pints at the, at the pub before, I was like, well, I am drinking now, so I need to find out ways to get more drinks, because drinking a water is, like, the most unsat, that's why a soda water is more satisfying than a water, it's like, the, just the bubbles, just any thing to add a little kick to it. You can't be drinking fucking water, man. Water is a nightmare. Water sucks fucking ass. If anyone, if you can just sit in a pub 
while people are drinking <clears throat> beer and wine and shit and drink water, you're a fucking psycho, dude. I have no time in my life to accommodate you and your insane non-carbonated what Like, what excitement are you getting out of just drinking water? I don't know. That's some meditation shit. I don't trust these fucking overly, overly calm, overly just, just content people. I'm just happy to just drink the water that I'm trying to be like. No, can't drink. Fucking have some, have some fears or something. I, what is it about water? It just when it goes down, it's like smoking an e-cigarette. Water is the e-cigarette of drinks. <laughs> it just. Like, when you smoke an actual cigarette, it's that hot, the smoke is hot, and when it fucking goes into your lungs, it's like that burn is kind of satisfying. It's a little bit of something, and that's what drinking soda water is. Just that kick, the bubbles, the fizz, the stang. Ooh, baby, that stang. (laughs) The soda water got that stang. Plain water, e-cigarette, no body to it. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. So I, I was, uh, I was drinking some of that fucking, some of that Jim Beam out of the flask and then eventually everyone kind of, um, trickled out of the bar and it just became a regular bar. Everyone that we knew from the party left and the hip hop night was kind of going down. And so we were looking for a a house party and, uh, Matthew Vasquez uh, Melbourne comedian Matthew Vasquez, his brother was having a party, so we go to, <laughs> this is kind of funny, we went to the McCoppins, which is like quite a fancy bottle shop, uh, it was open for, we got there nine minutes before it closed, and we go in, we all get, we're looking at like beers and long necks and stuff, and then we all settle on Little Fat Lamb, which is, if you're not from Australia, it's like a 1.5 litre, um, Oh, it's like a cider. It's marketed as a cider, but it's really like stronger. It's like a 10% thing, um, but they're really sweet and they come in these little fat plastic bottles and they were serving them, uh, they were selling them with uh, like specially made sized stubby holders that night, which was fucking awesome. So we all had our little fat lambs. We're waiting for the Uber to get there Saturday night in Fitzroy and uh, Blake's already real drunk and our other mate Ian's pretty drunk and they start like boxing on the street while we wait for the Uber. Um, we're drinking our little fat lambs and there's a, there's a party happening um, like just like some people on the third floor of some apartments are having a drink or whatever and they see Blake and Ian like size up and they're, like, they're throwing hands but they're really just sparring. They're not actually fighting. But the people in the party were so far up that they couldn't see. All they could see was just two people kind of dancing around each other on the street. So they thought there was an actual fight. So a bunch of them were gathered on the balcony looking down. And then I was trying to make them think that there was a fight. So I was going like, dude, you better not fucking say that shit to him again, man. Don't you fucking dare say that shit to him again. Fuck you. No, dude. Fuck you. (laughs) Just yelling crazy shit to make him think there was a real fight happening. (laughs) And then what was I... I was yelling something else at the people upstairs. I was just yelling like, man, that guy looks fucking dumb up there, man. He looks dumb. And Blake was like, you know they can hear you, right? And I was like, no, they can't. Knowing full well that they could. That's what being drunk is, man. It's all about the disrespect. 
No fucking respect to those people. If I was drinking water, I would have just been like, oh, just can we keep it down? Maybe we shouldn't be so loud because those people were trying to enjoy themselves. Fuck those people trying to enjoy themselves. <laughs> I want to make them think that there's a fight. I want them to come down to watch the fight and then they realize that there's no fight and in fact, we've led them into a trap because now we're going to fight them. There's, there's no way that we're going to fight them. I don't want to fight anyone. Um, how far through am I? 28 minutes, fuck. Oh, I want to do a song. Um, look, I, I think another reason why I was, I think the drinking really has been fucking annoying me this week, man. I just feel like I've not been, uh, I've been frustrated with my writing this week as well. I've not been writing that much good stuff. And when you're making that your whole thing, like my everyday uh, routine is to just go to the cafe and write. And so when you go into the cafe for two, three hours a day and you're just writing fucking garbage, yeah, it starts to get a little frustrating. You start to get fucking annoyed because you think you're not funny anymore. Writing fucking garbage. Jo- oh my God, some of the stuff that I've written is fucking horrific. Um, yeah, and then I've also not been able to write anything for this podcast. Like I'll normally go in with like five or six dot points as notes. This week, I'll read you the garbage that I was going to do this week. I had, uh, had dream angry. That was the note that I had, which, I mean, you guys don't know the other notes that I've got, but let me tell you right now, that is bad news. And here's the, so this is the only preparation that I had for this podcast going in. Uh, this is what I wrote after I woke up from a dream. I thought this was important. Quote, it was my brother's birthday. We were sitting at computers, and I didn't want to wake up. I remembered the song Sunflower by Rex Orange County has a lazy part at the beginning, and I thought it'd be good to wake up to. Only when I played it, the first lyric was different, and it ruined my excitement for the song. I was screaming in anger and frustration. I'd looked the song up on YouTube. My brother had his hands over his mouth to stop himself from cracking up laughing. End quote. So... Maybe you can understand why I was so upset at the start of this podcast when that was the kind of fucking preparation that I was going in with. Ugh. Absolute... Yeah. So, I really didn't know what I was going to say. I just knew that I was upset. Um, Rex Orange County, the song Sunflower, is a good song, though. I don't want to see you cry. Mm -mm. You don't have to feel this emptiness. I said I love you to the day that I die. That's a good song. Um, But that's not the song that I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about In My Haze by Horror Show. Uh, I listened to it the other day. It's got a little bit at the end. Let me... Maybe I'll I'll play it in the outro. I'll play it in the outro to this pod. Um, Will I... Is that a thing that I'm going to start doing and making more work for myself? No, you guys, you can go and fucking listen to it. <laughs> if you want to listen to it, you'll fucking listen to it. And if you don't want to listen to it, then me putting it at the end of this podcast is just like foisting it upon you. Um, I've kind of stopped asking for music recommendations, haven't I? Anyone who, if you have a song that you think I would like that I should listen to, fucking send it in, man. Tell me what it is. Message me on Facebook or Insta. Message me on Insta. That's better. Um, 
Yeah, the, the In My Haze by Horror Show. Uh, Horror Show, uh, uh, an Australian hip-hop outfit from, like, when did that song come out? 2009, maybe? Yeah, something like that. It's, um, Horror Show tries to sing, like, what's his name? Solo. It's, it's Solo and Adit. MC Solo, DJ Adit. And Solo tries to sing, and he really can't sing, but he's got a lot of, like, he's got that sad boy emo heart behind him, which means that even when he isn't that good of a singer, he can still hold a tune, and that's enough, because you know that he means the things that he's saying, you know? And In My Haze is definitely one of those. He, I actually feel like my style, if we can call it that, of singing, is a lot like his, and that he's not a great singer, but he loves a harmony, you can tell he loves a harmony, and he just likes, he, he just likes singing itself, like he enjoys that, you know, and he, he's like a rapper, and he raps, and he does the raps, but he, I think really, first and foremost, he wants to be a singer, oh, actually, maybe that's incorrect, but I feel like he raps because he can't sing, you know, He's like wants to do wants to wants to be a musician with his voice. Can't sing. Also, oh, I'll rap. Like if he could sing, he probably would just have done that rather than learning to rap. I reckon. That's my hypothesis. That's my breakdown of Solo's musical career. All right. Uh, <laughs> um, next up, Barack Obama's rise to the Oval Office was the thought that I had in my head. Um, it's a really nice song though. It's um. It's airy. <laughs> um, the the verse on it's pretty good. I like the verse. But if you don't like Australian hip-hop, he does it. I like, actually, I just listened to it before the pod, before I did this pod. And it's it's rapped in an, and sung in an Australian accent. Jane Terrell, the guest vocalist on the track, who has an amazing voice, um, also sings in an Australian accent. So you get the these lines like, Hide and seek behind my smile. And it's like, they do it... A, Australia, they're not trying to sing like Americans, which is unashamedly so, you know, because I've had people from even just the UK tell me that they don't like hearing people sing in an Australian accent, and I get that, you're not familiar with it, it doesn't hold any significance to you, but if you're from Australia, fucking I want to hear people sing in an Australian accent, man, I want to hear people sound like me, and horror show really aren't afraid to limit their audience by doing that, which is great, Um, so fucking check that out. In My Haze by Horror Show. Um, okay, last story. Um, oh, I just wanted to talk about the end of Saturday night. This was really the only interesting part. We went to Matthew Vasquez's brother's party, and that was fun. And then, uh, the, but there was some, so me, Blake, and Vasquez get there. Vasquez, I don't know what his relationship with his brother is, maybe they, they're friendly, like, they evidently love each other, but they're not, they don't see each other much, or, I mean, they're both pretty reserved dudes, they're pretty, like, just like, yeah, he's my brother, yeah, there he is, that was kind of the vibe going on between them, um, but, um, we're, like, we're meeting people at this party, and there's this girl who's, like, you know, all three of us are comedians, and, and, uh, she's like, oh, Matthew Vasquez, like, Vasquez, you were on TV, yeah, and then she's like, Blake, have you been on TV, and he's like, yeah, and then she turns to me, she's like, have you been on TV, and I'm like, nah, and I think she, like, honed in on that, I, I feel like, so, I'll tell the story, she started going, just like, oh, you haven't been on TV, why haven't you been on TV, huh, why haven't you been on TV, like, it's standard shit, she's just, like, ribbing me about it, but she doesn't know me, so she's like, 
what's your kind of comedy? What what style of comedy do you do? You know? Why haven't you been on TV yet? And I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm not, she's like, oh, tell me a joke. And I'm like, I'm not telling you a fucking joke. No. And she's like, well, I mean, how are you going to like your comedy? Maybe this is why you haven't been on TV because you're not even going to tell someone a joke. And I'm just like, I don't really want to engage with this. So we hang out at the party for a bit longer and then eventually we kind of find ourselves back talking to this girl and uh, she lowered the front, she she took it down a little bit from like aggressively going, why don't you want to tell me a joke to just like, oh, do you have a show in the festival? What's your show like? You know? And, um, and I, at that point, I felt like she was, I felt like she'd stopped trying to get one up over me and like attack me. And it just genuinely been like, oh, let's talk to this guy and find out about the thing that he does. So I was like, oh, I'm a, yeah, I have this show. And I told her what my show was about, you know. And um, keep in mind, it's like 2, 2 in the, 2, 2.30 in the morning at this point. So then when we get in the cab, when we leave the party, Blake starts yelling at me, just going like, dude, why did you tell her about your show? Why did you do that? Never let someone dictate to you who you are and demean you like that. Never fucking let someone talk down to you like that. Why didn't you fuck? Tell her to fuck. Fuck you. I don't need you at my fucking show. This is pretty much what he was sounding like. And it was funny because we got in an Uber pool. We were the first two in there. And then another guy got in and Blake was just like, hey man, no, listen to me. Never. Like he just like continued yelling, you know? <laughs> I haven't checked. I really hope I didn't lose any fucking stars because of that cunt. Um, but yeah, so we get home and Blake's still yelling and my argument was, uh, I thought that she was doing that out of insecurity and if anything, I thought maybe she was flirting with me, which is on me. That's because I interpret everything as fucking flirting with me. She could have been punching me in the face and I would have been like, I fucking think this girl likes me, man. Uh, um... But that's why I think I engaged is because I interpreted her aggressiveness and like attempts to, to condescend to me as, as um, her trying to be my friend or flirt with me. One of the two. I'm not going to commit to which one. I don't know. But like, do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like I thought that her going, tell me about your comedy. It's like, if... Like, why has she chosen me as the person out of the three of us to be a dick to, you know? Like, she could have chosen anyone, but she's chosen me and she's running with it. And if she wasn't, like... She's either doing that because she doesn't know how to interact with people, so she's found a level uh, that she can interact with one person with, so she's like, well, this is what I've got, so I'm going to run with that. Or... She's like, this person's interesting or this person, for whatever reason, I'm drawn to them and this is the only level I know how to interact with them, which they're both pretty similar situations. But either way, there's something in the fact that she was trying to have a go at me, you know? Like, if she if she, she could have just ignored me if she actually didn't like me, but she was, for some reason, kept niggling at me. And even when I ignored her, still was like, no, 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 you know. Um, but Blake was just saying that that's down to my insecurities and I need to be more 
uh, confident or like I need to be more self-assured with the thing, my passion and the thing that I love and not let other people dictate how I, who I am and what I am in regards to that, I think was his point, which I don't know if that even makes sense, but we got home and, uh, <laughs> and Blake has a little bottle of Amel that him and his ex got when they were still together and, and obviously she left him because he's a loser and, uh, <laughs> he still has the bottle of Amel. So we, we sat in the kitchen drinking our little fat lambs and every now and then going outside to smoke and just periodically taking hits of Amel, just sniffing fucking Amel until 4.30 in the morning until the birds started chirping. <laughs> and just talking about comedy and talking about, you know, like long-term goals and shit. Um... I really think that Blake is going to win Best Newcomer next year at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. I'm calling it now. 2019, Best Newcomer. It's Blake Freeman. <clears throat> There's really only one person that I can think of, Dan Rath, who is anywhere near... Um, like, I've heard Dan Rath is doing his debut this year. And if he is, that's going to be a close one. But I think Dan Rath is... The, the thing that Blake has over Rath is that Rath has been around for about 10 years. So he's not new. He's already kind of established in his, like, where he's at in Australian comedy. People know who Dan Rath is. People are only just finding out who Blake Freeman is. And he's just been signed to the most powerful, or, like, soon to be, probably, the most powerful agent in the country. And, um, I mean, look at look at Blake's agent's record. Um, Rose Matafeo just signed, won the best newcomer, uh, yeah, won, no, won the main award at the Edinburgh Fringe, and, um, and Sam Campbell won the main award at the Melbourne Comedy Festival last year, so, the writing's on the fucking wall, as far as I'm concerned, and, I mean, if Blake doesn't get nominated, it will be a travesty, it, there's, there's no way Blake's not getting nominated, um, but I think he's winning the whole fucking thing, and what we were talking about on Saturday night, is Blake is just like, dude, I don't care. I don't care about that stuff, which I honestly believe him. Um, I care so much about all this industry bullshit, and somehow he doesn't fucking care about it. And I, I really believe that he doesn't... I really believe that he just wants to do comedy and, like... He said that if he wins the best newcomer, he'll send our friend James, who is probably autistic... <laughs> And loves comedy, but also is completely disdaining of, like, you know, anything in the establishment and whatever. He was like, dude, I'll send James to the award ceremony. I don't give a fuck. And I just... <laughs> go and... Like, guys, if you're in Melbourne and you're here during the Melbourne Comedy Festival, go and see Blake Freeman's show, Blake Freeman's show, and tell everyone about it, and start telling people now that he's going to win the best newcomer to get that buzz going so that he does, because if he does and sends James Bell to the fucking award ceremony, someone who's not a comedian, not in comedy, and all of the people who work at the comedy festival will have no idea who this dude is, it will be one of the funniest things ever. It'll be to rival the piece of wood, uh, for a little bit of Melbourne comedy history, for those of you who don't know, the piece of wood um, is an award given to comedians uh, by comedians every year 
for a show that didn't get enough recognition in the festival, but who everyone thinks is it's undeniably great. And the way that award started is one year, Greg Fleet, a famous Melbourne comedian and heroin addict, um, back in the 90s when people still respected him, he thought that uh, someone, I can't remember who it was, but whoever the inaugural winner was, he, th- he was like, dude, this is crazy that you didn't win the Barry Award. And there was a bit of wood backstage at the festival club and he bit into it and just handed it to her and was like, you should have won the award. Here's the here's my award, the Greg Fleet piece of wood. And every year since then, all the previous winners get together and they choose a new winner. Um, and Blake, and that's some like that's some like Melbourne comedy lore, you know. Blake Freeman sending James Bell to the best newcomer. That should be that should be the start of its own award. I would get behind the James Bell comedy award. <laughs> Uh, just like we need we need some new traditions in Melbourne comedy and fucking that man that would be enough you know that would be incredible anyone who has any power in Melbourne comedy whatsoever fucking go and do what you can to make sure that Blake Freeman wins best newcomer at the Melbourne Comedy Festival this year so that we can send our autistic friend to the awards ceremony (laughs) fucking that's the pod thank you guys for listening um this has been aiden targo jones i hope you're having a sick day you've been listening to sitting under a tree peace